0: We're moments away from speaking with Malcolm Holmline. I remind you that uh, he is going to be spending the holiday of uh, Pesach, which, believe it or not, is next month. Now that it's March 1st, we could actually say that the Israeli elections are next month and the uh, holiday of Pesach is next month, as much as that scares a lot of people, including me. He'll um, be Pesach in Puerto Vallarta. Check it out. Go to uh, Pesach. Pesachinvayarta.com, Pesachinvayarta.com, or call for information. And that would be area code 786-290-5919, 786-290-5919. I also remind you that uh, we here at the Nachum Siegel Network feature a great show every Monday. Mayor Weingarten hosts the Israel Show at 9 a.m. Monday morning. And this coming week, as he's doing all these weeks between now and now, and the beginning of uh, April, um, uh, this coming Monday, he again will be giving his unique take on the uh, latest news regarding the Israeli elections. So tune in and enjoy if it's in fact possible to enjoy election talk uh, before the uh, the big day on April the 9th. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday morning. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM.
1: Oh, thank you. It's good to talk to you from uh, native soil, (laughs) although I miss uh, our homeland soil.
0: Yeah, that was uh, quite a journey you had, uh, basing yourself in Israel and heading out to different African countries and speaking to us again from Jerusalem. I'm sure it was one of uh, your more interesting journeys. Yes, very productive, thank God, and uh, very important. Uh, all right, uh, we joked, I think it was we, sometimes I forget <laughs> who I'm joking with on the air, but uh, we did say sarcastically that uh, it seems for the last couple of years, every uh, every couple of weeks we hear that in a couple of weeks the prime minister is going to be indicted and that these indictments will be handed down. Uh, I know that um, it has been announced and the news is reporting that in fact the attorney general is seeking indict- indictments against or will be seeking indictments against Prime Minister Netanyahu. Uh, what, what is the timetable like wh- why is all, why are there all these preparatory steps instead of the attorney general just getting up and announcing things at a press conference
1: because there is a process and it could take still several months and there are appeals and there wait there are legal maneuvers that could be uh, undertaken but um, before you actually indict you file these charges and it's a 57 page uh, document in which list the indictments in the various cases and the likelihood that it could be a half year a year before the actual indictments are filed but the damage for netanyahu in terms of the election uh, is done once the once these charges are made public and it it the polls seem to indicate that they would lose seats we don't know how many we don't know for how long uh, the impact will last it's it's only a month till the election just not a lot of time so it has obvious ramifications both personally for him and his family but also for his political futures and and when the two parties his and uh, blue and white are so we couldn't blue and white are so close uh... now it seems to show that the uh, blue and white will benefit by half a dozen seats maybe more um, and it's also explains why he's so desperate about not having uh, splinter parties on the right lose seats because it's it's not just what the two parties get it's whether they can build a coalition of 61 votes to be able to go to the president and say they can form a government so it's with 61 being half plus one of the of the Knesset 120 members
0: right, majority.
1: so this uh i mean this is obviously very serious it's very damaging it uh, leads to stories and then press around the world um, it has to, you know, he has to be focused on it at a time when he has many challenges at home. He seems to have a unique ability to compartmentalize his uh, his responsibilities and what he has to do. He spoke to us last week at the President's Conference meeting, and he was excellent. And he gave a really serious uh, um, 35-minute address and did not seem distracted or
0: anything. He was very friendly and uh, ba- based, on time, based on the time. Based on the timetable, is, is it obvious to you that when he did speak to your group, he knew this was going to happen? Or or yeah, he,
1: everybody knew this was going to happen. I mean, it's been no meaning been
0: that m- meaning that it would ha- that it would be, become that it would become a headline before the election. Most of them were thinking... No, no,
1: this was a debate. He tried to stop it. He went to court to try to stop having it released, or others did, uh, on his behalf or on their own behalf. Uh, There were various attempts to try to stop it from being released before the election. The courts refused to do so. And remember, the Attorney General, Mandelblad, is is an appointee of Netanyahu. He's a a man of great integrity, uh, known quite well, and he's... Um, he served as cabinet secretary in many other positions with Netanyahu as attorney general. And um, Netanyahu even said nice things about him, but said that he was weak yesterday. Um, and uh, I think most people feel he's being very judicious. It's clear he's not on a witch hunt uh, personally, but the press is, and they the way that they constantly uh, harangue and barrage over you know, the barrage of reports and and uh, accusations, uh, but it's it's not atypical for them. Uh, for much of the Israeli press, not all. And I think that um, you know it, maybe it's better that that it's out and that he can address it. And there's some who believe maybe there will be a backlash if the public feels that he's being you know oppressed or or unduly um, attacked. That there that there will be a backlash. I always use the you know the cab driver barometer, and I have to say that even after it was clear that this was going to come out, the cab drivers to a person said Netanyahu.
0: Yeah, but the cab drivers are all Likudniks. I mean, they're all you know that's that, that's the yeah. But I'm saying they haven't abandoned him yet, and I don't know. Well, they're hardcore Likudniks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true, but but uh, uh, I only meant that partially. Yeah, I know. I the I, I, but the polls do show there would be a diminution, and now Gantz has said that, unlike what Lapid kept saying last week, that there would that there would be a unity government with Likud. He's saying a unity government, but not with Bibi in it, that he would not have a uh, Likud with a Bibi at the head. So he's trying to take advantage of this to to tell people, look, you can still have Likud in the government, but without him, if you vote for us.
0: Right. You know, now that you've described to us this whole timetable and Mendelblitz um you know, process and the whole thing going into the court. Now, again, I mean, when I make this statement or this observation, all it is is against the Israeli court decision. It sounds, it sounds like. But I mean, it, and uh, and on the assumption that I don't have this great you know love for Netanyahu because I'm trying to really separate my politics from from fairness, it really does look suspicious. Even with Mandelblatt's great record. And the judges, you know, integrity. I'm sure all the judges, you know, in this situation, have tremendous integrity. It does really look suspicious now, uh, you know, about the timing of this whole thing. There were five weeks before the election. I mean, talk about October surprise. This is like, you know, this is October surprise to the tenth degree.
1: Yeah, but it's been going on for so long,
0: for years. It's but not- it would have been a non-issue if they would have done this in April after the election. It would it, would, it wouldn't would would have had it. It would have had much less of a role in terms of having influence on the campaign.
1: Yeah, but on the other hand, people will say that you, that you um, and, didn't right. follow the proper procedures and process, that this is information that should get out. It shouldn't be contingent on the election. I mean, that's the counter-argument. I right. agree that it probably would have been wiser and better, you know, let the people vote, and uh, then the appropriate action would be taken if he is elected. If he's not elected, then it will be a different outcome. But... Maybe they felt that people should have the information uh, when it's so, you know, significant, and to cover it up or to delay it because of political considerations. Uh, I don't know the, um, you know, whether how they weighed all of this, but it, but it's been clear for months, and it, I don't think that uh, anybody anticipated a different outcome. <clears throat> the question is the seriousness and the fact that there. To me, the, the fact that there's still a bribery charge. That is very serious. Um, breach of faith is serious too, but um, I think that's uh, yeah. that's a very serious and, accusation. And,
0: and there's no historical precedent, right? I mean, there's, there's nowhere in, in Israeli history in these 70 years that we can point to in terms of how either the public reacted or whether, in fact, people would demand that he either leave the race or if he stays in, there's not a chance that... You know, like you said, he'd be offered to form a government. It said there's really no precedent, right? I mean, even in the Olmert case, I don't even think he was prime minister at the time. Um, So there's really nothing we can go on to see how the Israeli people uh, generally react to a situation like this.
1: Well, you had Katsav, you had Olmert, you have had others who have gone to jail, ministers and important people, but you're right, not a sitting prime minister. But, you know, the Israeli people, I think, have a high degree of sensitivity and sensibility they um, I'm sure that I mean this is the subject at everybody's table and they're all talking about it but what the impact will be is is hard to predict you know they always say that Israelis tell the truth to the pollsters and then lie at the polls because the polls are always wrong and um, I think that that is uh, very relevant to what to to how they will behave once they go into the polls uh, a month from now and it's also what alternatives do they see Gantz and Lapid and the the combination of those parties as an alternative something they're comfortable with you know they have uh, three generals you have Yalon you have Ashkenazi three former chiefs of staff uh, we don't know what the coalition on the right because right now it still seems that the right has more votes as a whole as a block and now we'll see after this revelation whether they still do uh, you know the left is very weak the extreme left, so it's really a competition this time between two major parties right
0: um, the bribery case, the bribery accusation that you just brought up before wouldn't you agree and I'm no legal expert. I'm just a ca- we know that I'm, thanks <laughs> I'm just a casual observer who like who likes politics as a spectator sport as you know. Um don't you feel that this unlike Olmert by the way to make a comparison where that was looked like real bribery don't you agree that this bribery charge looks very you know sketchy we really don't it, it is going to be hard to prove that this arrangement or this uh you know relationship that he had was a real bribe Well, that's what the charge is. That I understand, but don't don't you agree that it's going to be really hard in the in the media case in the Walla case? Don't you think it's going to be really hard to prove that there was an actual, you know?
1: Well, Netanyahu hasn't had a chance to defend himself. He claims that there are dozens of witnesses that were not interviewed that will exculpate him. Uh, let's see. I mean, I don't. We can't prejudge because we now have. And and I don't know anybody who's really read the 57-page document here in Israel, and I guess it was the sport for everyone, uh, including myself. Uh, So the charges and the standards are somewhat different than the United States for bringing those charges. Ah. So what we have to do is, I think, sit back, and uh, there will inevitably be more revelations, and Netanyahu will go on an aggressive defense of himself, um, he's coming here, as you know. During this time for APEC, he just was in Russia. This past week, he met with Putin. He, the president of Brazil, is coming there in the beginning of April. He'll have many high profile visits and things to show that you know he's still the leader and that he is the uh, person that foreign leaders have confidence in. So it'll be very interesting, and people should just be careful, read everything and see, but don't just follow the headlines.
0: Are you prepared to predict that, and I know you don't like predicting, but isn't it isn't there a good possibility that with all this going on, uh, he may pull out of APAC he may use the campaign as an excuse to say he can't come to the United States at that time?
1: Well actually, I think the opposite. I think that that now he confirmed his participation over the weekend last weekend, and um the I think he he wants that platform he wants to be shown with President Trump. He wants to show that you know this. He, he he's not letting this cripple him. So to to give into it by pulling out, although it's a possibility at any time, yeah. uh, right now would probably not be in his interest.
0: All right, Then I'll predict it. I'll predict BB stays away from APAC. We'll see what happens. Okay, and I'll predict he stays. Goes this way if it does happen, I look like a genius, and if it doesn't happen, people forget I even said it. <laughs> <laughs> Or it will confirm their previous assumptions. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least the ones that you're putting out there. Uh, Reaction from around the world. Um, I was a little surprised, maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised, that it got the attention from network news and from uh, uh, U.S. and European members of government that it did, many of whom felt the need to come out and make statements about uh, about the accusations against Netanyahu. How would you evaluate the uh, reaction from around the world? anticipated, because anything that,
1: you know, happens in Israel, I I keep saying that Israel's a megaphone, and it applies to other circumstances, too, where they have to be careful about what they do, because everything gets broadcast here, and... and, it, it was inevitable. It's a sexy story that a sitting prime minister, especially of Israel, and those who don't like Trump and don't, and and by extension, therefore, because of close relationship of Netanyahu and Trump, exploit this because a strike at Bibi is seen as a strike at the at Trump uh, by some, and. um they, you know, they always look for an opportunity. Then He's not very popular in Europe because he does stand up against them, and he what he did, you know, on JCPOA and many other issues, um, which many Israelis like, I guess people in Europe don't like, uh, and therefore welcome the opportunity. And he, he has been very tough on the anti-Semitism and some of the actions by European governments. So this is uh, for some payback. But inevitably, if, if Macron, same thing, uh, would have happened you would have had headline stories here it's a one day story generally i think with israel it won't be and you see how quickly the media jumps on every story and it is disproportionate but israel is interesting and and you know it's one of the few places where reporters can go freely and don't even have to ask questions everybody just dumps information on them
0: all right now this issue of uh, the prime minister you know and and the coalition with the right Otsma, etc you know a lot of people uh, are not happy with it um um we mentioned apac earlier they made it clear that they weren't happy with this uh, you know coalition being formed with the quote unquote extreme right um you were asked to comment about this and if i'm not mistaken you said that you're you're concerned right would that be the right way of uh, of summing up how you put it, that it was. A cons-
1: it- I said that many people here were concerned about it, and they're concerned on a number of grounds. One, that there are some because of the party and its positions, but uh, uh, the concern that we have, of course, is that that this will be exploited. By the forces that we see active, continuing to be active by the way and and the, although they issue apologies, some of these men, new members of Congress continue in their hateful and uh, comments and and unacceptable uh, remarks, and they will use this uh inevitably and we saw many members of congress the great great friends of Israel, come out and warn about this because they're concerned about the uh, the reaction and the uh, way it will be exploited. Uh, others have pointed out the level of some uh, elements of hypocrisy because there are Arab members who take very extreme positions, including not supporting the state and and supporting BDS, and yet they're allowed to be in the Knesset. The prime minister said he, they won't serve in the government, but he gave that the party with whom they're merging, you know, the old Bayouli, um, um the promise of two two seats, two key ministerial posts, including education, so that sort of raised the, the level of, uh, of concern and objection. But the, uh, I think the reaction is, is uh, in some cases, exaggerated. In other cases, you know the, the headlines did not reflect what, actually, initially, the American Jewish Committee and then the AIPAC endorsed it. Uh, the headlines said that they condemned the prime minister. There's no word of condemnation. They don't use the word condemn at all. In their statement, they criticize and they express their concern uh, about it. Well, what's and, that? What
0: do you mean, criticized? in With what language, criticized? Just by expressing concern, or there was something else.
1: No, they expressed their concern and and, and attacked Otzma's uh, uh, record. I guess I, I don't have the statement in front of me, right. but it, I read it in Israel. On the it was the headline story, and it was a way saying, "Look, if, if even APAC." Uh, uh, comes out against, and you know, American Jewry is abandoning, etc. And APACs did not issue their own statement; they endorsed the Com- American Jewish Committee statement. Uh, and committee has generally been supportive right. uh, of uh, the of Israel, and of the prime minister. So for them, it was it was a tweet, and this um, you know, it's a man bites dog story. Right. So on groups that are known to be supportive of Israel, and I tried to, to say, look, I don't judge the prime minister, but and I said this weeks before any of this came out, when I got to Israel and I just said and called on all parties to take into account how what they say and do is heard abroad. At a time when we have the rise of anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiment, you know, it, 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 words have different meanings in different countries. Actions have different Nobody knows the context of any of this. And so that people should, and leaders, should be concerned and careful about how they give expression, and how during the heat of a campaign things are said, that uh, then get uh, – and, and Israel is a megaphone, so it gets blasted here, way disproportionate to what any other country would, would get uh, – would see. So it's, you know, Chachamim, Yitzharu b'divrechem, is really the – should be a banner everywhere that wise people, be careful with your words. The other thing is that the prime, it was the prime minister himself who publicly and pressured for it, had it been a, uh, some surrogate, I think the reaction would have been less targeted. Ah, good but, point. But because he really doesn't have people
0: right. know, that they, they trust, her and that the fact that he personally... <laughs> Negotiated the deal. Right. Right, good and point. And pressed for it. Very good point. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio around the world in the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved nsn app don't forget nine o'clock monday morning mayor weingarten with a comprehensive look at the israeli elections um that happens on the israel show 9 a.m right after jm then we'll be in israel of course don't forget we're in israel next week broadcasting will be with Cohen publishers on monday until 9 a.m and then mayor will take over the live presentation by the way i mean with all due respect um there are people who contacted me this week based on your statement telling me that you threw uh, BB under the bus, and then I went and read your statement. And you really, you know, you, you you described, and I hope I'm being fair with this, tell me if you agree, you basically described the atmosphere um, uh, in Israel and, you know, the way people are reacting to the situation. But it didn't sound like, in all fairness to you, it didn't sound like you were actually coming out and criticizing the prime minister. It sort of, it sounded like, and it read like, you were simply describing uh, you know, how people felt in the wake of his negotiation.
1: That's right. And I said specifically in the statement that I'm not judging right. uh, Netanyahu. And I have to say I spoke to him after the statement. He, he they did not have a problem. They thought it was a fair m- statement. And it was clearly meant to address some of the concerns and the misrepresentation of what was being uh, said here. And and there are two points that I made. One that the people of Israel have always demonstrated by their votes that they reject extremism. So you can rely on them. They don't need the outside pressures, et cetera. And you have a central elections commission and the Supreme Court who have acted in the past uh, against extremists. And, and as I said, you know there are Arabs who have very extreme positions, and people were pointing to that. The other thing, even about the, the uh, actions against the prime minister, I think that you can point with pride that, that Israel... Alone in the region, certainly, and, in, and among few countries in the world, where even the most powerful person can be held to account. That there's no distinction by by position or by uh, influence. That the prime minister, a sitting prime minister, can be held to account, and it shows. And I can tell you, in the Arab world, there were editorials which which mark this, which which um, uh, celebrated, in fact, saying in our own countries this couldn't happen. That. Uh, Israel, as a true democracy, holds everyone to account, and the same thing is true regardless of uh, uh, regarding the parties that participate. The right to criticize the participation of any party—extreme left, extreme right, or anywhere in the middle—I uh, did not attack Otsmaya, and I did. I didn't pick this up, but I did criticize the the uh, reference to Nazism. Which I think, in in any case, you can criticize, you can use harsh language, but I think that that is really uh, uh, not not appropriate, and and uh, you know diminishes then the the impact of the Holocaust. And to compare, you know, current uh, in the way that they did the ra- a specific rabbi, but he got tremendous press, and the media there exploits every comment and every statement, um, you know, to their own interests and and the, the selective reporting. Especially these headlines saying that they these organizations condemned the prime minister when they never did. So it's you know it's very disturbing and it's it's uh, you know um, again it's the image to the world it's the image internally. Right. You, you don't want to dissuade young people and and uh, you know
0: how do they read all of these developments? But on the first point, I think you're being unfair, quote unquote, to the Israeli electorate. The Israeli electorate was was this close to Giving a boatload of seats to a quote-unquote right-wing extreme party in its history, and only the politically influenced courts went ahead and made sure they wouldn't. So I don't I know. said
1: there's a system of checks and balances. It's not just, but the yeah. Well, you, the you itself, said the Israeli people I think can be given credit by and large doesn't mean that they, they don't elect people. We, we elect people, too. Look, there have been racists and, and anti-Semites. Other people elected, even this year. Even And, and we don't see the kind of, uh, of of yet complete repudiation. There's been a lot, and, and we appreciate all of it. But they continue. You know, they issue apologies and then continue. So in every democracy, yeah, people get elected for whatever reason. It's not necessarily because they were elected because they were anti-Semites, but that wasn't a reason enough to throw him out. Look at Corbyn. You know, the, the 35% of the uh, think the electorate says he's an anti-Semite, even of, of labor members. And yet he still remains the, the head of the Labor Party. So it, it's a fact of, of nature of politics, and especially the more open the system, the more likely it is that you're going to have such, um, such developments.
0: Tell us about the foreign minister of Iran and why he resigned and why his resignation is not being accepted.
1: Mr. Zarif, whom I've told you in the past I negotiated with over the Iran-13 and other things, in fact he invited me for dinner in his home when he was UN ambassador uh, is uh, is obviously very sensitive because I think the the immediate cause though there's been tension all along and he's been criticized is uh, and also because they, they don't see the benefits of the JCPOA as he had promised and he's credited with having arranged it and it's one of the reasons why I think they didn't accept the resignation, which I'll get to in a second, but the immediate cause was the visit of President Assad, the first visit he's made since the fighting started in oh, it was 2011, and um, he, uh, he came to, to Iran, met with Khamenei and with President Rouhani, but Zarif was not included, and he saw the pictures, and I think he just submitted his resignation in peak, uh, but, but made some interesting statements where he issued an apology for whatever he did wrong, and I don't know whether it was an appeal to the people to, to say that he didn't do anything wrong, um, but it, it was a little strange, and maybe it was a, a, re, a resentment at the role that the IRGC is playing, and Soleimani being included in the meetings, and also developments in Syria, et cetera, where he is not involved, and, you know, he is the voice, he, he, he just visited, I think it was Pakistan last week, and so this came very abruptly, and the uh, Supreme Leader refused to accept it. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, but this was like uh, a reaffirmation for him. So if that's what he was looking for, I think he got it. Interesting. But he he was also
0: <laughs> nothing better than residing and being begged to stay. Huh? <laughs> that,
1: well, yeah, it's good. It's like being banned in Boston. But the, <laughs> exactly. but the the interesting thing, I mean, you know, Zarif is is a chameleon and, and a character. But the for Khamenei, somebody pointed out. That he doesn 't have many successes, the economy is in ruins, their international standing people resent the involvement in Syria and hezbollah and Hamas and uh, um you know and our the young people are our, our unemployment it's forty percent plus you have the drought you have really a lot of problems, so the one thing he can point to is the j c p o a which is all stuff that he can Zarif takes credit for or is credited with, so if he resigns that it will look. You know, like the, that, in they have an upcoming elections that they would lose that argument, or that that the ability to point to those achievements which Zarif was was often credited with. So there could be a lot of reasons why. Uh, I mean, there's been tension, and there could be a lot of reasons why the government refused to accept it, uh, and why he was excluded from the meeting. But the uh, net result right now is that I think he gains. The question is, will he stay?
0: Uh, Iran was a big topic of conversation when uh, the prime minister met with uh, the president of Russia in Russia this week. Right. I didn't realize it was the first visit um, since the um, incident uh, in Syria. Yeah, I didn't realize that.
1: Well, there was an earlier meeting, but remember, it was postponed So, right. by Bibi, who postponed it. So he went and was uh, very short, and he came back right away because of developments in Israel.
0: Now, if, he's, if, Pu- if Putin really wants Iran out of Syria... Uh, can Israel be
1: helped to do? And that is to continue bombing the installations that Iran, Israel will not let Iran that has sworn to destroy Israel even again in the last week to to establish bases, to uh, ship weapons, uh, advance weaponry. They do have weapons. They have bases. They are engaged in a massive campaign inside uh, I- I Syria to assure their long-term presence and um, influence. They have replaced the Sunni population. People who are expelled or had left their homes are being replaced now with Shiite. And if you remember, I, I talked about this a long time ago, and all of a sudden this week, everybody's beginning to discover yeah. that the whole areas, whole areas from, let's say, Damascus north to Lebanon, etc., are being turned into Shiite areas and people, the foreign militia fighters, for instance, their families are being brought there now. Iran is building uh, mosques and schools and institutions and even housing for them so that there will be a permanent presence and remain in Syria no matter what. I can't believe that Assad is is comfortable with this. I know from my discussions with him that he does not trust and and is very concerned about Iran's influence in the country. I don't think he can do much right now. Um, He has in the past. But Russia can't be comfortable with the idea of Iran being a permanent presence because it will ultimately threaten their influence. But more than that, they don't want to see another radicalized Shiite Iranian based country that threatens them and everyone else. And for Turkey, this has got to be a very, of great concern and threatening situation. So. The the ramifications of this are are very great, not just in terms of the current conflict, but as the fight with ISIS dies down, and it's one of the reasons why the American presence is so significant, symbolically and practically, uh, in terms of Iran's ability to build a transnational uh, Shiite crescent. From the Mediterranean and in Beirut and to through Damascus through Iraq and to
0: to Iran. By the way, did the Prime Minister address that to your group, the American presence in Syria? Hundred percent, really. And 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 I assume he he echoed what you just said.
1: Well, he has publicly expressed uh, his concern about it um, and has talked to the U.S. and says the U.S. has given Israel the backing to do what needs to defend itself. Some people feel it gives Israel more of a right, more leeway. Um, Others would argue that the symbolic present uh, ramifications, we heard it in Africa, let alone in the Arab countries, where they're concerned is this uh, American retreat again? Is this going back to the Obama policy? Is this, um, you know, America uh, abandoning its commitments? So, you know, it's read by everybody. And and while, again, it's a minimal commitment 2,000 people being reduced to 400, but the fact that at least 400, and it's the Air Force and the air power is reinforced and sustained, that is really the critical um, element in, in start trying to stop the, some of the uh, terrorists and to protect, let's say, the Kurds and others. And then you have, of course, Turkey with its own agenda and incursions and troops on the border. But Iran and Turkey are in competition as much as they are drawn together now, not out of love, but a common interest. Uh, The the Ottoman and the Persian empires are are inevitably going to clash and do in some places, even if they cooperate in others.
0: Does Israel have a preference in uh, India versus Pakistan?
1: Well, certainly Israel and India have been very close. Israeli uh, drones brought down the the Pakistani plane. Uh, Israeli missiles brought down the Pakistani drone, but Israel has provided drones and uh, other equipment. Modi has proven to be a great friend. The prime minister had been scheduled to visit, but postponed it. Uh, uh, Modi visited Israel, the first prime minister of India to do so. The relationship, you know, we have an embassy, Israel has an embassy, and they have an embassy in Israel. Uh, So they have a clear preference. Pakistan has always been uh, more radical and so, and and is a greater danger. Both nuclear powers and uh, Pakistan. If you remember the um, the case in the past where the the nuclear scientists shared information, right. and we know that uh, you know that, that a lot is for sale there.
0: All right, and I got to ask you about this side of the world because uh, I've been asked by so many people to constantly bring this up with you. I mean, number one, while you were away. Um, Locally here in New York, I don't know about everything that's going on around this country, there there have been some uh, disturbing anti-Semitic episodes, including uh, swastikas and playgrounds in other areas of New York City. Uh, plus, we again see, anybody paying attention yesterday, we see a member of Congress who uh, not alluded but directly spoke about dual loyalty in a clear reference uh, to what, what seems to be a clear reference to American Jews. I know that the question of Malcolm, what can we do about her, is a disturbing one because you would like people to get more involved and become vocal uh, about, you know, government officials like this. But what else can you tell us um, uh, about these types of comments and episodes?
1: Well, first of all, they're very disturbing because of the sitting members. And while it's an individual and we should not uh, hype them, uh, and give them more visibility and bigger platform. The, the responsibility rests number one with the democratic leadership, with the people in their own party, with the leadership in Congress, and and they have increasingly spoken out and expressed concern. But they should be stripped of their of their um, uh, committee assignments. They should they have to pay a price. This would not be tolerated in any other regard. And and the um you know there's a limited degree to which you can continue to 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 claim ignorance or you know that you didn't understand the implications of the words or know the why it's offensive there's no doubt about why it's offensive no doubt about what what the intent is and the um the fact that you, that they appeal to young people that some of them have Tens of millions of followers on Facebook or whatever and uh, social media they they engage in the uh, you can't dismiss this. this is very disturbing that they that they attempt to mainstream these people and then they become leaders and members of congress 'm the boss and um, they proclaim uh, plans which are ludicrous but gain a following immediately and uh, while they can play off concerns that are legitimate. Uh, their their uh, attacks and their anti-Semitic or, or uh, blatantly or by innuendo anti-Semitic uh, comments are just not acceptable. And, and it's the leadership and, and members of the Democratic Party and members of Congress who have to make it clear that they'll be isolated, that they have to pay a price, that there's going to be
0: sanctions uh, of some kind. And with all of this in mind, that's why we have to stress that anybody from any state, not just her state, can or her district can make their voice heard and put pressure on their own local officials government officials to do what you just described uh,
1: and they should register number 1 the best thing to do is to register uh, cortez and queens won with 10% of the vote the indifference is what enables people like this to to get in and people you know had no idea what she stood for she had no history she has no knowledge the ignorance that they demonstrate uh, all of them about the issues is is shocking and, uh, you know, again, the, the le- level of tolerance for this, people being afraid to, to confront them, this is ridiculous. And, and again, this is not uh, the Jews who should be doing this. This has to be the people of influence, every opinion molder, anybody who claims to have a moral standing has a responsibility to speak up now.
0: All right, next week in Israel, but Friday I'm back here in studio, and I look forward to uh, doing this again with the week. So maybe update.
1: I should interview you next week. Nice. And find out what's happening in Israel. I like that. <laughs> Let's go for it. We'll,
0: we'll see, see how you, you do. We'll, we'll exchange questions. I'll have a panel of judges evaluate your performance. <laughs> oh, uh, talk about it. Thank you, Malcolm. Have a wonderful job. There he is, Malcolm Olai, <laughs> his executive vice chairman of the – I can only imagine the panel of judges would be that I would choose. Uh, the conference of presidents of major American Jewish organizations joins us Friday. Fridays, here, Erev Shabbos for the weekly update. Again, next week, no exception. We'll be back from Israel, and we will present the weekly update on Friday morning. Don't forget our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms presents our On the Road in Israel segment. And boy, it's one long segment. We're going to be there for four days. Mondays, JM in the AM with Cohen Publishers. Tuesdays, JM in the AM with Azer Mitzion. Wednesdays J M the M with Shari Tzedek, Thursdays J M the AM with our friends from uh, JCT Ben Gurion Medical Center, a medical school, and um, the Inbal Hotel. N S N Nahum Single Network on the Road in Israel is sponsored by Aaron's Casino Farms. I will be there, by the way. If you really, really need to, uh, I don't know, get me a flyer or a CD, I'll be, I'll be at Aaron's. Probably in the ten twenty area, ten twenty, ten thirty this morning. Anyway, make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms on the road with you this Pesach for all your Pesach needs and get in there and shop at a most amazing store any time between now, Purim, Pesach, etc. You will enjoy the experience that I can tell you.